The following presentation is controversial and may be offensive to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. John Lund with you. Podcast number 11 of the Caboose Pistol. Check out CaboosePistol.com for stories, archives. So any story I talk about, probably in more detail, if it's got video or anything like that, it will be at CaboosePistol.com. So listen to the podcast. Go to the website at CaboosePistol.com. At CaboosePistol on Twitter. If you want to give us feedback, that is awesome. 508-296-4949. Love to use your voice on the podcast. 508-296-4949. You can leave a message or, hey, H-E-Y at CaboosePistol.com. I'm at John Lund Radio on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those places you can get a hold of me. And you can listen to my radio show Weekdays on KNBR 680 in San Francisco in the Bay Area at KNBR.com. Or if you're in the Bay Area, obviously you can listen. I'm on 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Here's how it works. We'll give you a big lead, which is the big story of the day. So you can be a contributing member of society. We'll give you five stories you have to know. Some are sports, some are not. Just kind of whatever on my mind. Asshole of the day. And I kind of had a hard time coming up with the a-hole of the day today, but I did find one. We even things out with one good thing after the a-hole of the day. And then we'll give you three Caboose Pistol stories at the end, uh, the archives from the Caboose Pistol, again, at CaboosePistol.com. And if you don't know why we term this whole thing Caboose Pistol, then all you got to do is go to CaboosePistol.com and under the menu About, you will see the reasons why. That's why we uh, branded the Caboose Pistol. Without further ado, let's get going with today's Big Lead. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I, again, I don't know if it's horrifying. Joe Kelly of the Dodgers and the Astros in Houston and Joe Kelly, the reliever, who, as many people have pointed out, he wasn't on the Dodgers when they were in the World Series against the Astros, but he was on the 2017 Red Sox, who were ousted by the Astros. And it really doesn't even matter if he was on the Dodgers, the technicalities that some of the baseball insiders, he wasn't even on the Dodgers. He can't be mad. Everybody in baseball is mad that the Astros cheated. Now, the difficult part in this season is you got to social distance. It's the problem that the NFL is going to find. But Major League Baseball does not want fighting. Well, they don't want spitting, and they don't want uh, high fives, but we've seen so far what that has done. Everybody is pretty much acting as they always have. Yeah, there's masks here and there, but I think the Marlins situation has woken everybody up, and maybe, as strange as this may sound, I think it's up to 18 players as of this recording of the Marlins, and maybe they went out, maybe they didn't. I don't know. We'll get into it a little bit later on in the podcast today. But they obviously don't want... Uh, teams throwing at other teams. They certainly don't want uh, fighting. They sure as hell don't want uh, benches clearing. They don't want everybody interacting. And we kind of saw last night, it was weird because Kelly, well, I'm, I'm going to play this for you from the uh, from Dodgers TV, and then I will explain this. So here's what went down between Joe Kelly and the Dodgers, Alex Bregman, and Carlos Correa of the Astros. Well, we had a little between-innings fireworks. Joe Kelly and Carlos Correa with a heated at-bat, and then Kelly with a, a little something for him at the end. Stuck his tongue out. There you go. And uh, bench is empty, DK. 
So, again, you can hear something came from Houston's dugout. Yep. And then, so Joe Kelly just, you know, blah, blah, blah. look at Carlos Correa swung at two bad pitches. You know, now everybody's coming out and everything. And again, you remember, Correa is the guy that when there was that discussion earlier in the season, you know, when things came out, Bellinger made a comment, you know, Correa publicly and on tape said, if you don't know what's going on, you ought to shut the F up. And so, you know, look at Correa put himself out there. And once you do that, then, you know, you, you, you're open to everything. Joe Kelly will not back down to anybody. <laughs> Joe Kelly will not back down to anybody. I love Eric Garros, but come on. I get it. You're on uh, Dodgers TV and you're homering it up a little bit. It, it happens. Uh, you have to do it. Your paycheck is signed by the team. Understood. It just came down that Joe Kelly has been suspended for eight games. And as others, and I'm not going to check the math on it, have said that's the equivalent of 22 over 162 games. Don't check my math. Uh, people have come out and said on social media, oh, that's far too many games. Well, I'm... It, it, there's two sides of this, and it's very difficult to decipher. The Astros deserve something. You cheated. You may have cheated yourself to a World Series, so there's got to be some sort of payback. And in all sports, there are unwritten rules, and the thing that you can do in baseball is you can throw it, guys. Now, this year is much different. As I said in the beginning, they don't want brawls, and they've got to send a message. So I understand baseball giving Joe Kelly eight games the equivalent of 22. Completely understand that. But then how do I get the Astros back? Do they just get a free pass and we got to wait till next year when we can when they can fight each other or get close or yell at each other or not have masks? What did you say? You're screaming at me? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So there's got to be a way somehow that you can pay back the Astros. But I completely understand baseball in that they want to set a precedence here that says no one's throwing at anyone. You're going to have to wait to get the Astros back until next year. Yep, there's no fans yelling at the Astros. There's no people throwing at the Astros. We don't want anybody throwing at anyone. There's the rules in baseball. Those rules don't apply this year. Can't get close. We saw what happened with the uh, Florida Marlins, with the Miami Marlins, in going to Atlanta. And the story says that maybe, just maybe, they went out. Again, we'll get that a little bit later on in the show. But what is baseball supposed to do? They have to set a precedence. People are upset. Well, he's throwing at his head. I understand that. Here's the other thing this year. DH in both leagues. So while the, in, in the American League, pitchers never have to atone for their sins if they throw with someone throw at someone because they never have to go up to the plate. Well, National League pitchers don't have to do that either. A guy like Joe Kelly, who's not often going to get uh, in the batter's box anyway, he never has to get into the batter's box. So it's a strange year in that if you're a pitcher in either league, you can throw and throw and throw and throw. You're not going to have anything happen to you. Now, will it happen to a teammate of yours? Possibly, but not this year. Baseball has set the tone. Eight games for Joe Kelly. That's the equivalent of 22. I hate to sit on the fence. I see both sides of it, but baseball had to do this. They had to do this to Joe Kelly, and they have to do this to any pitcher because as we saw very early, as we've seen already, the Miami Marlins have 18 cases on one team. To me, the Marlins are a not a smaller market team because Miami's not a smaller market, but they're not the Yankees, obviously. They're not the Dodgers. They're not one of the marquee teams. If that happens to a marquee team, Baseball season is over. That's why baseball has to do this. All right, five big stories. So you can be a functioning member of society. Caboose Pistol Podcast, John Lund with you. The NBA is back. That's right. Thursday night, Jazz Pelicans early and Lakers and what's left of the Clippers 
Harrell's not going to play. Lou Williams and the Wings. Lou Wings is not going to play. Uh, the Lakers probable is LeBron James. Maybe is Anthony Davis. Look, these are play-in games, these eight games for TV. They've got to satisfy local TV contracts, and that's the only reason that they're playing these eight games. The Lakers essentially have the top seed in the West. Clippers after that. And these are the two teams, and that's why they're playing on the first Thursday night in primetime. The Lakers and the Clippers are expected to be the Western Conference final. Here is Adam Silver. He's asked the question, if something like what is what has happened in baseball happens in the NBA, will they shut things down? No question. In fact, that's what we did on March 11th. We, as, as you said earlier, we had a single positive case and we stopped the season that night. And so we, and we haven't been playing you know, for roughly four months. So it, it's, it's a different standard now because, again, we have a different protocol in place. But it, everything we've done has been in partnership with our Players Association. And, and you know, we have a panel of, of experts, immunologists, infectious disease experts, public health experts. And really, they would make the decision, frankly. It would not be a business decision. <laughs> I love the end of that. It would not be a, ba- a, a business decision. It wouldn't because this whole thing's a business decision playing eight extra games when you don't need them and inviting 22 teams instead of the 16 is a business decision. It's money so that you can satisfy local TV contracts so that you can have a bigger cap next year so that everybody can make more money. Please never say that. I don't care what commissioner it is. I don't care what person. This is all business. There's no reason the NBA in the middle of a pandemic is playing basketball in a bubble in Orlando in the middle of July. NBA season is over. It should have been over six weeks ago. There's no reason you should have millionaires and billionaires sitting in Disney World. Hi, I'm Mickey. But you are. It's all a business decision. So let's start with that. Secondly, in regards to the NBA coming back, well, I'll definitely watch it because I'm a sports fan. Of the three majors, and I'm sorry I'm throwing the NHL out of here, between the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA, I'm least excited about this. Eight games, as I said, are satisfying local TV requirements. The players have complained early and often. Rajon Rondo said it was a Motel 6. Dude, it's a resort. Most of us can't afford to stay in what you're calling a Motel 6. They're complaining about the food, all these different things. Nobody, When it comes to the, to the championship, nobody's going on the road. There's no hostile environment. Uh, you're not going to have to play a Game 7 somewhere difficult. That's what the playoffs are all about. It's about overcoming adversity. It's about an injury. It's about playing game seven on the road. It's about losing an early game in my in the next tour on the road. It's losing home court advantage. All those things are what the NBA playoffs, that's what's great about this seven-game series. It's it's a grind, each seven-game series. It's a grind. You gotta go on the road. You gotta deal with things. You're at Disney World. You're being catered to. You're at a resort. You, you saunter over to the gym. I'm not saying that the coronavirus and wearing masks and, and some of this stuff isn't difficult, but a real NBA grind where you go over the 82 games, which they didn't do. They had, a, they had four months off. They rested up. They hung out. It's going to be sloppy basketball. They're doing it only for business reasons. This isn't finding a true champion. This is hanging out at Disney World. This is satisfying requirements. This is getting money from the TV networks. That's what this is. If this was about safety, and this is uh, the same thing happens in college, it's about the student athlete. No, it's not. It's about the athlete, and it's about making money. This is about making money. But to me, in looking at the three majors, if one didn't come back, to me, and you could be totally different on this, I would say the NBA. The NFL, I love, would love it to come back. 
Major League Baseball, I'm glad. It didn't even start, so I wanted to see it. We'll see how long it lasts. But the NBA in a bubble, and when I hear the commissioner say, it's not about business, it's going to be about safety, it's going to be about health. If it was going to be about safety, and it was going to be about health, and I don't mean to sound like your mom on this whole thing, but if it was going to be about safety and it was going to be about health, we wouldn't have any sports. Now look, I make a living in sports. I'm glad they're back. I'm glad the NBA's back. I'm just not as excited about the NBA uh, as I am the rest of the sports. All right, number two of your top five stories that you have to know for podcast number 11 here in the Caboose Pistol. John Lund from KNBR Radio in San Francisco with you. I'm as distrusting as anyone, especially when it comes to the Patriots. Look, their mantra is, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's just what it's all about. And I don't care if it's camera crews in Cincinnati. I don't care if they're spying on this. I don't care if it's uh, soft balls. I don't, I don't care what it is. They ain't cheating. They ain't trying, but I'm going to defend Bill Belichick in this way. Bill Belichick is not trying to lose football games. Bill Belichick is not trying to get players to opt out. All right. I love a good conspiracy theory, probably more than anybody else. I make my living talking about sports in on different mediums, in different mediums. And I like when there's controversy, but there's not controversy here. Tom Curran is a, as I wouldn't call him a regular on my show, but he's been on my show three or four times. He covers the Patriots for NBC Boston. He says the following, quote, Believe this, the Patriots coaching staff is highly motivated to make sure their team finishes with more wins than Tampa because they know failing to do so, rightly or wrongly, will be used as evidence against them that Brady was their cornerstone. 100% right. He's not going to take off a season. He is not going to lose games on purpose. He is not trying to, Bill Belichick, uh, coerce players led by uh, Dante Hightower, is a very good linebacker. He just had a child and does not want to leave said child, and I completely understand that. He is not trying to coerce players into not playing so that he can get Trevor Lawrence and the number one overall pick. Now, having said that, this is hilarious. Frank Caliendo, who is awesome and has been great through the entire pandemic in terms of uh, coming up with content to make us smile and laugh when we most need it, uh, did his Bill Belichick impersonation. Now, as you listen to this, keep in mind that there are pictures of Trevor Lawrence all over behind Frank Caliendo, who is, of course, imitating Bill Belichick. Take a listen. Yeah, I understand. Right. Well, you know what I always say. No, no, not that. You got to look out for yourself first. Right. Correct. There is no I in team. But there is an eye in COVID <laughs> and in virus. Very good. Okay, well, I can't influence you either way. Do what you think you need to do. Okay, goodbye. You'll sit down. I love Frank Kelly, and no. He's just fanning the flames. And there are people who believe that, who believe that he would give up an entire season so that he can get Trevor Lawrence and long-term uh, top Tom Brady. He's not doing that. That's not Bill Belichick. He loves winning too much. He is not. Frank Caliendo is great. It's funny. It's fun. But there are people who actually believe this. Number three in your top five stories that you have to know in the podcast, in the Caboose Pistol podcast, number 11 for July 29th, 2020. Now, I have a lot of friends who played uh, Major League Baseball, and they insist that you can't wear a cup. Doesn't matter if you play third base. Now, a catcher wears a cup. But it doesn't matter if you play third base, first base, it gets rock, rockets hit at you all the time. They swear to me that you cannot wear cups, that you do not wear cups. Now, when I was playing Little League Baseball, 
I think I got up to my freshman year in high school, and then I stopped playing baseball, not by my very own choice, but because I was no good. But I always had to wear a cup. Uh, the first time I think I wore a cup, sixth grade gym, right? Uh, we had Mr. Moran. Mr. Moran would walk around and do random cup checks. So you always had to have a cup. Tommy Pham apparently does not have a cup, does not wear a cup, and here he is wishing he had a cup. Plays for the Padres now, the former Cardinal and Ray going up against the Giants. Here is NBC Sports Bay Area with the call. Here it is, and he hit him. Hit him with a slider. So this has not been a pretty inning. Uh, frustrating for Coonrod again in a two-strike situation. And I think that may have been a change-up. It just sort of moved. Oh, man, Tommy Pham, you are a better man than I am. I'm doing snow angels in the batter's box on that one. That was my crew Snow angels in the batter's box on that one. You know, it's interesting because we as men cannot replicate in any way, shape, or form giving birth. I think, having been hit numerous times, and probably I can count on one hand where I've dropped to my knees and really been hit hard uh, in the boys, it, I think, is as close as we can get to childbirth. Maybe passing a kidney stone. I've been told passing a kidney stone is not fun at all, and I have never... Did you hear that knock on wood? I'm knocking on wood right now. I have never <laughs> passed a kidney stone, but hit, being hit in the boys, probably of those five times, really two or three, really, really badly, that's not fun. It was an 86-mile-an-hour changeup, so thank goodness it was a changeup. Sam Coonrod, who's a relief pitcher for the uh, San Francisco Giants, throws upwards of 98, so it could have been a lot worse. He, uh, he got hit with an 86-mile-an-hour changeup. Uh, Padres manager Jay Stingler said he was removed, Tommy Pham, for precautionary reasons and is expected to be fine moving forward. After the game, Tommy Pham, this was pretty funny, he joked about the incident on Instagram saying, quote-unquote, career almost ended. <laughs> if it was that bad, he couldn't have run the bases. Uh, number four, college football thinks they're going to play football in the spring. So, first of all, let me just play this. It has nothing to do with this story. But the sound of college football to me is this. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Haskins. Intercepted by Teague. George Teague to the end zone. Touchdown. We're going to play football. Yippee. The ball's up in the air. Caught. Touchdown. Ball goes into the end zone, and it is in. There's a penalty flag thrown, and I think it's against Miami. The royalty of college football is in assembly at the Rose Bowl 2006. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. Texas. Oh, my. Oh, Nelly. Keith Jackson, he is the voice of college football. So any story we do on college football, we'll have to play that montage of Keith Jackson. So first of all, I, I love college football. Love the NFL. The NFL makes me money. I work in the NFL, but I love college football in the fall. The thing I am struggling with, as I saw today, and the reason I bring this up is the ACC is going to play conference plus Notre Dame is what they're talking about. Uh, the Pac-12 has announced they're only going to play in conference, obviously, to limit travel. The SEC has said they're only going to play in conference, again, to limit travel. 
I love college football. But the problem I'm having about playing it in the fall versus potentially moving it to the spring, and I'm against it too. Stop yelling at me. I'm against it too. But let me get this straight. We've already seen Lou Williams and the wing incident in Atlanta. Uh, We've already seen that the Marlins and up to 18 players couldn't contain themselves. Apparently, they went out, and that's how they uh, got themselves contaminated. We're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids. The protocols in sports right now, on paper, they look great, right? Whether you're in a bubble, whether you've just got to play the game, wash your hands, wear a mask, go straight home, all those things on paper look great. When I was in college, you're 18 to 22 years old. What's your priority? Generally not books. It's women. It's going out. It's socializing. What are you supposed to not do right now? You're not supposed to socialize. 18 to 22-year-olds. Hey, make sure that football is everything to you. Now, there's a handful of kids where football is everything. And they could just go to class. and Well, they're not going to go to class. They could just do homework go to practice, play the game, whatever it is, and then come home and be fine. 18 to 22-year-olds, that's not it. They want to party. Uh, guys want to have sex. They want to socialize. They want to go out. I'm too old. I don't need to go out. If, if I played in a professional sport and I was getting paid to play that professional sport, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the professional sport, stay with the guidelines, get my paycheck, come home. I have no issue with that. 18 to 22 years old, I have a big issue. First of all, I'm not getting paid. I want to have fun. That's my priority in life. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to put all the protocols that they possibly could put down, and everybody's going to say, that's going to work. And then you're going to put 18 to 22-year-olds out there. And I think this, in general, in sports, even with the professional athletes, that we're going to take ourselves down, or they're going to take their own sport down. We've already seen it in baseball, potentially take baseball off the map. And I really believe that if it's not the Marlins, who are not a, again, Miami's a big market, but they're not a big-time team. They're not a big-time part of the marketing of baseball. The Yankees, the Dodgers, if it's one of those teams, baseball's already over. College football is going to try to do this. We're going to stay close to home. We're going to play just in conference. And these 18- to 22-year-old kids, they're going to be just fine. By spring, maybe, hopefully, cross your fingers if everybody takes this seriously. And I don't want to preach. I don't want to preach on the podcast. But if everybody takes this seriously, hopefully, we can get to the point where, and in high schools, this is this has happened near me in California. They've taken fall sports. They've moved into the spring. Potentially, you could do that in college football. Yeah, you don't want to. I love college football, too. But I don't have any faith. They can put down these protocols. I don't have any faith that 18- to 22-year-old kids will actually follow them. I think there'll be a lot of outbreaks. And I think college football needs to move to spring. Finally, number five, Caddyshack. Why are you bringing up Caddyshack? Because the movie Caddyshack, which is one of the main movies of my youth, is 40 years old. Now, I, I, I didn't think about this. I just wanted to do this off the top of my head during the podcast. Animal House, Caddyshack, not Star Wars, by the way. was not a Star Wars guy. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that series, Risky Business, Terminators, that, Terminator, that was the, those were the movies of my youth. Uh, I don't know how I would rank them. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just telling you that Caddyshack was one of five or six that I would call uh, a movie of my youth. Uh, Quick highlights. And by the way, if you're part of the younger demographic and you never saw it, watch it. Laugh tonight. It will do you good amidst all that is going on in our country. Caddyshack is 40 years old. I want you to kill every golfer on the course. Check me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers... 
They're gonna lock me up and throw away the key. Golfers! They're great kid, not golfers! The little brown furry rodents! We can do that. Hey, orange balls, I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those naked lady tees and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. 40 years ago today, Caddyshack. If you haven't seen it, or even haven't seen it for a while, it is time to either see it for the first time or revisit it. Those are your five stories that you have to know to be a contributing member of society today in podcast number 11. Top five movies of my youth. Caddyshack is 40 college football. I can't see it playing in the fall. Protocols look good on paper. You're talking 18 to 22-year-old kids. Tommy Pham gets hit in the boys and survives, even though on Instagram he said career almost ended. I am not a part of the conspiracy theory that Bill Belichick is trying to lose so that the Patriots can get Trevor Lawrence. And at number one, we talked about the NBA, which is returning. And it's hilarious that Adam Silver said, it's not a business decision. We want to stay safe. Uh Uh-huh. Those are your five stories. It's time as always for today's asshole of the day. He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! What an asshole! You're a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! Because you're an asshole. Asshole. What's his name? His name is Michael Porter. He is a forward for the Denver Nuggets. Had some injuries first coming into the league, and the Nuggets have a deep team, and he played a few games, and uh, he looks like he could be a future star. But people have to be careful, as I have learned as well, in the era of COVID-19 because people are looking for information anywhere. After all, not everybody watches the news channels, whether it be Fox or CNN or any of the news channels or all of the scientists or read a lot of things. And everybody has a conspiracy theory. Well, Michael Porter is young, spent one year at Missouri. He, as far as I know, is not a scientist, but he has a theory on COVID-19. No, that's facts. I think, personally, I think that the coronavirus is being used, obviously, for a bigger agenda. Um, It's being used for population control in just terms of being able to control the masses of people. I mean, because of this virus, the whole world is being controlled. I mean, you're required to wear masks. um, And who knows what will happen when this vaccine comes out. You might have to have the vaccine in order to travel. Like, that'd be crazy. I've never been vaccinated in my life. I've never had any shots or anything like that. So it could get crazy, but it's definitely an agenda behind everything that's going on right now. And all you can do is sit back and and watch what's going on. Don't get too emotionally involved. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a serious thing. It's a real, it's a real thing, but, yes, it's being overblown. Look, everybody's due their opinion. What I do for a living is based on opinions, but you want to be educated with your opinions. Generally speaking, well, some of the TV shows that I see on some of the sports channels uh, are not educated. They just throw stuff out. And this is getting headlines, and I guess I'm talking about it, which is probably the wrong thing to do. I'm pointing it out as the asshole of the day because you can just hear by the very way that he's speaking that he's just kind of throwing stuff against the wall. It's for population control. Okay, so we are having our world economy ruined for population control. There's over 150,000 deaths. All the things that this is that this is doing and it's for population control. That's your conspiracy theory? Wow. 
okay, you are due your opinion, but please, Michael Porter of the Nuggets, be a little bit educated before you open your mouth, because as we've all found out, listening to the wrong people is a big problem. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. Okay, as we always do, though, we take the asshole of the day, and we don't want to be negative, right? We want to even things out. It is time for one good thing. All right, uh, maybe I, I have many favorite broadcasters through the years, but I talked about the NBA returning a little bit earlier. Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller did a game last night. I just caught some of it, and I just caught this part of it. And just having Kevin Harlan back, who, when I first got into the business, I'll tell you a short story. He was the play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I was doing a morning show. And I would have to go in. This tells you how old I am. And I'd have to get one of those reel-to-reels, and I would call the NBA Highlight Channel. And you could record those things, and you could use them on your show. Well, Kevin Harlan was doing the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the first thing I did, among many things that I did at 3.30 in the morning with Giant Coffees, was I would, if the Minnesota Timberwolves played, I went to this reel. I would call this number. I went to the reel, and I would get those highlights. And I had to get a Kevin Harlan highlight. And they were tremendous. It woke me up. It brought up my morning. His energy, everything. Kevin Garnett! I can't even do it uh, justice. The high, hard one. It was awesome to listen to. So I've always been a Kevin Harlan fan. So when I hear Harlan, uh, I think he's great. Plus, I'm going to play this Harlan highlight, but it's going be, to be basically a vehicle so I could get to another Kevin Harlan highlight. So here's Harlan last night. I want to see how much pull we have in the city of Atlanta, see if we can get some of those chicken wings oh, sent down here to Orlando. Oh, no, because you I, did. We could celebrate, <laughs> we could celebrate the restart with those wings. <laughs> it was just good to hear Harlan's voice. And Reggie Miller's not annoying me at all. Actually, Reggie Miller has grown on me over the years. But there is Kevin Harlan making Lou Williams jokes, and there will be millions of them. So it was great to hear Harlan's voice. He's been on uh, the show Many, many times. I do the show with Greg Pomba, who's the voice of the 49ers, and he and Harlan are boys, and Harlan is amazing. Anyway, it always leads me to Harlan doing the best thing he's maybe ever done, the streaker on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here they're coming the from the coat. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. There you go. Kevin Harlan. As always, one good thing. <laughs> the old caboose pistol. Everybody has one. <laughs> Did you say caboose pistol? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. All right, it's time for your caboose pistol finale. If you don't know about the caboose pistol, why we brand this podcast the caboose pistol, just go to caboosepistol.com. You can check everything out there. Video, audio, archives, stories, all of that at CabooseBistol.com. Follow us at CabooseBistol on Twitter as well. All right, three stories to finish up podcast number 11. Let's start with this. I didn't know where to put this. It's not you two. It's just Bono and The Edge. And they and uh, Bono's telling a story, and The Edge is, is sitting behind him. You can see him on camera as well. And... Uh, 
Bono is telling a story about how uh, the roadies uh, always feel like they can play Stairway to Heaven better, and that's a staple when you walk into an arena. I'm going to let him explain it and explain why they've never played Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven until right now. Whatever venue you're playing, whether it's the Olympia or the Three Arena, Three Arena or Madison Square Gardens, you walk into the venue, it's a big moment, and you will hear a song that we, we said we'll never ever play this. And that's right, Stairway to Heaven. These professionals believe they play this better than the band. And you know, it might be true. Anyway, to honor Irish crew. There's a lady who's sure all the glitters is gold And she's buying a stairway to heaven When she gets there she knows If the stores are all closed With one word she can get What she came for Ooh Ooh When she's buying a stairway to heaven There's a sign on the wall But you want to be sure Cause you know sometimes words have two meanings In a tree by the brook There's a songbird who sings Sometimes all of our thoughts are misleading It does. Does it make you wonder? It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if they're not right. They can nice. play the tune better. We love you. Bye. We love you. There you go. There's Bono in the Edge. I, I didn't think it was bad if I had to rate it one to ten because they just threw it on there. It was obviously just the guitar and then uh, Bono with the vocals. I don't know. I'm I'm a YouTube fan, so I'm biased. Probably a seven. I mean, if they really did it a few times, they could probably nail it. I, it's the reason why you love social media. Like, 10 years ago, there's nowhere for them to just do that, to just, hey, let's just knock out Stairway for a couple of minutes. Obviously, they didn't do the whole thing. As a drummer, though, growing up, I can tell you, I played Stairway to Heaven a million times, and so I just, I know every part of it. It's, and you listen to it, and you hear Zeppelin do it. And I generally think, with the great bands, you're doing yourself no favors by trying to uh, recreate their songs. There have been a few, but it's like movies. You know, the first, the original. Now, they're, when great bands redo okay songs, that's totally different. But uh, not bad. I'd, I'd say it was a seven. I enjoyed it. I was getting into it. If they really tried, they could crush that song. Anyway, uh, number two on the... I didn't know where that was going to go. So number two on the Caboose Pistol. Is Tinder still a thing? It must be. Because I saw this today. Lori Laughlin, who, of course, got in trouble with the uh, college admission scandal and her husband Massimo I don't know how to say his last name uh, they unloaded their sprawling Bel Air estate they had to slash the price though uh, they had originally had the place up for 35 million dollars in 2017 the co-founder of Tinder Justin Mateen uh, gets the place for 18.75 million dollars so again 35 million in 2017 they had dropped the price 
to 28.6 million after that. He gets it for 18.7 million dollars. 12,000 square feet, six bedrooms, nine baths, all the bells and whistles, and now he's in this big, big uh, ritzy neighborhood for 18.75. I thought Tinder was done. I don't I don't know anything about Tinder. Um I got divorced. I used a few other uh, apps, hit and miss. Tinder wasn't for me. I'm on a an audio uh, medium right now for a reason. I'm not an attractive man. I'm okay. I have my moments. I really got to, you know, I, I got to use the uh, the filters on photos and things like that so that women will text me back and then they see me and they go, oh my God. And the, the dates are over very fast. But I, So I never had a lot of success on Tinder, but I just thought that things move so fast. There's all these different apps and different dating apps, and I thought, psh, I thought Tinder was long gone. But uh, $18.75 million, co-founder of, of uh, Tinder, Justin Mateen. So Tinder must still be a thing. And finally, number three on the Caboose Pistol finale for podcast number 11. Funniest thing I saw today, go to a, uh, go to a Twitter feed, at myth and fact twitter feed at myth and fact and it says this it says when lionesses are in heat they have a lot of sex uh in a single day up to 20 to 40 times 20 to 40 times now let me stop there just for 30 seconds even when i was in my prime i don't know if i ever had a prime maybe 18 you know whatever it is no way 20 to 40 times so then there's a picture and it says when the, and the lioness becomes the one who demands to mate so if a lion is tired and can't keep up with her she bites his balls. And there's a picture there, again, at Myth and Fact. There's a picture there in which she's doing that exactly that, biting his balls. Like, let's go. I, I, let's go. Let's go. Let's go 20 to 40 times. And he's got this look on his face, the king of the jungle, jungle my ass. He's got a look on his face where he's like, please, just no. No, 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 no. And when we're young, we think, oh, yeah, I can do it 20 times a day. No, you can't. And she's demanding of it, and it's just—it's a hilarious picture, and it's become a huge meme uh, all over the internet. So, um, if you want to know where the meme came from, as far as I know, it came from at myth and fact, and it's hilarious. Do yourself a favor. Again, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. We need to laugh nowadays. I think scientifically, it's proven we need to laugh nowadays, or any other time for that matter. At myth and fact, and look for the uh, king of the jungle and the. Uh, the story about the 20 to 40 times a day that a lioness needs when they're in heat. You will smile. Man, woman, or child. Well, probably child, children probably shouldn't be looking, but man or woman. There you go. All right, that is your Caboose Pistol finale. Uh, I didn't know where to put the U2 song doing Stairway to Heaven. Uh, the funniest thing I saw today, and is Tinder still a thing, apparently. By the way, to contact the show to tell me whether it is or not, hey, hey, H-E-Y at CaboosePistol.com. And remember, we always want to use your voice on the podcast whenever possible. Love to hear your comments, questions, etc. 508-296-4949. That is Caboose Pistol podcast number 11. John Lund, KNBR Radio in San Francisco. You can hear my show weekdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, any of the places that you like to find your podcasts check us out at caboose pistol on twitter at john lund radio on twitter facebook instagram all those places that is your caboose pistol podcast number 11 july 29th 2020